0: Welcome to the Northern Kentucky Football Show. It is Sunday of State Finals Week, and this is the penultimate episode of the 2020 season. Today is our 14th show. Can you believe that? I can believe that. Gosh. It feels like 14. Seems like 100 years ago. It was August, and we were scrambling to find out what in the hell was going on with some of these names and players because we didn't get any preseason stuff. And now you kind of feel attached to these I these a little bit. I really do. Yeah. On a time that's not far away, both Mrs. Daneman and Mrs. Ziegler will once again enjoy having their husbands around on Sunday morning instead of running out of church after communion like Joe and, or in Jeremy's case, rolling out of bed after a late night <laughs> MMA extravaganza. Is that right, Jeremy? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, our fingers were crossed Friday to uh, have three Northern Kentucky teams represent Northern Kentucky here on championship weekend. But sadly, like in the poem, and then there was one Beachwood's journey to Olive Hill turned into the stuff of legend, and to be fair, it's my belief that it'll be the stuff of legend for both communities for years to come. The Olive Hill and West Carter High faithful put on a great show Friday. They really did. I was fortunate enough to be able to see this game in person, which was the gift of the Beachwood Athletic Department, which they didn't have to do, but overly grateful to had their generosity on that and been able to go down there in person. It was good to be able to be back in a big game like that. It was fun because I was calling you from the station before we went on with the show just to get updates on Mm -hmm. the
1: game. And I wish people could hear the excitement in your voice as you were on the sideline talking about this game. It was kind of cool to live it through Mm -hmm. the phone and live it through your experience. It was loud behind me, I'm sure. It was, and you know that's despite having a limited crowd, it still felt like the atmosphere. It came across the video you sent us because to everybody listening to this, uh, Steve provided the video for the final quarter on Fox 19 on Friday night, I was just on his phone, and you could see the atmosphere just come across, even from
0: your cell phone video. It was really neat. Maybe next year you'll get me a camera and send me loose. Jeremy and I can go out and do our own thing. Send you a paycheck, too. Yeah. On staff now. I caught up with Coach Rash this morning, and you'll hear that conversation here in a few minutes, but those guys coached a hell of a game on Friday, and the kids persevered. Kudos to the kids from West Carter and the staff and the administration. They really did put on a great event the city had turned out. It was nice to drive into it, see all the decorations up and all the signs rooting for the kids. The firemen had erected two uh, huge ladders and had that massive American flag draped down. And that was like the entrance as you're walking in. It was awesome. It was a pretty good feel. And how the venue is set up, there's a, a big hill behind the bleachers. you know, And you have people up there uh, sitting on their lawn chairs and I saw cars, I saw four wheeler. I mean, it was really nice how they did it and they had people all the way around the track. They did a really good job. If I'm not mistaken, that was the first time they've made it to the state semifinals. So it was cool they did it right. I saw the uh, posts that their coach had put out and I don't wanna misspeak on this, but it's something about, I guess the senior boys have five of the 6 postseason wins in school history. I don't know how old the Mm -hmm. school is or the football program in general. I know it's a small community. But that's awesome. And look, they played really well. Unfortunately, the Newport Catholic and Covington Catholic seasons ended on Friday. I'll tell you what, I was following those games, just praying that they would pull it out and have a chance to rep the NKY in Lexington this weekend, but not to be. To the semifinal recaps from Carter County, Beachwood, 35, West Carter, 34, and what could be argued as one of the best one or two games in the state on Friday night. Beachwood's Cameron Hergett continued his push for Mr. Football, and Beachwood advances to the state finals with the hope to add to the trophy case and the jewelry box. Beachwood jumped out early in this one on their first possession, a 53-yard drive that ended in a 26-yard pass from Hergett to junior Parker Mason, which is his fourth touchdown catch of the season. After a comet punt to the Tiger 27, Beachwood marched 73 yards and capped it off by Hergett leaping over the front line, and it was 14-nothing. Dude, and when I say leap... He leaped over that line. You saw the video. I did. Beachwood's defense was stout early, containing Latavius Klein to small gains and drives that ended in punts or turnovers. Speaking of turnovers, down 14-0, West Carter's Jackson Bond hauled in a big third-down catch but fumbled while making his move. And Beachwood sophomore, Austin Waddell, emerged from the pile with the ball. And the Tigers took it over at the 43-yard line on the next play. Ergut ran to his right and launched a deep ball to Liam McCormick, who pulled it in at the one-yard line. That was a 42-yard gain. Cameron would sneak it in from there, and Beachwood's lead was 20 to nothing after the missed extra point on Beachwood's next possession. They turned it over on downs inside the Comet 30 on an incomplete pass in the end zone. Sadly on that play, Wes Carter's Gage Leadingham was struck in the back while he and a Beachwood receiver were diving for a tip ball. Gage would remain on the field for quite some time while the trainers and the paramedics attended to him. Gage was transported to the hospital where reports were that he suffered not only three to four broken ribs, but a collapsed lung as well as a lacerated lung. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was scary. There was, And you could tell right away that something was not right with him. I'm guessing that was a, a long delay. It was a very In long delay, yeah. And while it should come to no surprise to anyone, this situation allowed the West Carter players and the coaches not only to rally around their teammate, but to take inventory of the situation unfolding on their home field. And I'm going to tell you what. Did they ever rise up at hmm. that point? West Carter would march right down the field and score but then did it again and again and again. Comets would score 27 on answer after the injury. And um, for a minute there, I thought the football show would be finished because <laughs> the other games were done at that point, but only for a minute. Down 27-20 to 20, with 8.32 left in the game. Herget led a drive that ended with a bomb to Liam McCormick, who bobbled, then held on for the 34-yard touchdown catch. Colin Grayman's extra point tied it at 27 with just every seven minutes to play, but West Carter wasn't finished. Jackson Bond's 31-yard touchdown catch with just over five minutes to go, not only crushed the souls of those in red and white, but it set up what will hopefully one day be the Mr. Football drive. Beaumont Hughes returned the West Carter squib kick to the 50-yard line, giving the Tigers excellent field position. After a couple rushes and a sideline pass to Mitch Berger, an incompletion in the end zone and the holding penalty, Hergett tossed an absolute dime to junior Brady Moore, who was running down the left sideline for the 44-yard touchdown, and the Tigers were within one with 2.32 to play. Now, here's the equation. You're on the road, it's the semifinals, the other team is playing really well, and you have the best player in the field, equals, you go for two. It's science. (laughs) If you haven't seen the two-point conversion, it was crazy. Herget rolled right, got pressured, backed up, nearly fumbled trying to protect the ball when, when he spun out, rolled right again, and fired a seed to Brady Moore in the back of the end zone, and all hell broke loose. Beachwood would turn Wes Carter over on downs, aided by a Tanner Jackson third down sack that set up a fourth and 23 situation for the Comets. Beachwood would kneel out the clock and leave with the big trophy. Hergett finished 18 of 22 for 290 yards and three touchdowns passing. He rushed 21 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Brady Moore cut three passes for 53 yards and a touchdown. Parker Mason had four catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Mitchell Berger had six catches for 48 yards. Liam McCormick had three huge catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. We didn't get defensive stats from Beachwood this week, but that's more than likely due to the late night Friday and the LCA prep for this week. When it was 20 to nothing, it was playing out exactly how I thought it would.
1: I'll be honest. You know, Beachwood beat this team 42-7 last year in the playoffs. They're up 20 to nothing. At that point, I'm thinking this is Beachwood's going to win this game comfortably. And go on to the state championship game. So, what Wes Carter did was very impressive to me to come back and take the lead. And we started exchanging texts, and you talk about it here, the Mr. Football drive. And I said, okay, this is the point where you go win that trophy. Yes. If you have the best player on the field, you have this stage, you have this moment, this is what in college they always call the Heisman, Heisman moment. moment. This is kind of his Heisman moment to win Mr. Football. Now, We're going to talk about the guy he's playing against here now in the state championship game, who's putting up massive numbers as a quarterback for Lexington Christian Academy as well. But I want to take you back to last week, sitting in this room, and I have it right here. I have it queued up on my bad, cracked iPhone here. But you can see it's last week's episode, okay? I have it queued up. I'm going to play a short clip here to jog your memory of what we talked about last week. I'm going to play it right into the microphone. Here we go. Now, if I'm Beachwood, I'm thinking, okay, I got Cam Hergett, you know, what's the number Wes Carter's going to have to score to be able to beat us? 35. Exactly. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I picked it. I mean, they scored 34 (laughs) points, and we said they had to score 35 to beat him. The point was, when you walk on the field with Cam Hergett, you have a number on the scoreboard. Boom. He's that dynamic. I thought, he's going to get you five touchdowns. Can Wes Wes Carter score that many points? To then beat Beachwood. I didn't think so. I didn't realize it was going to be 34, yeah. but they didn't get to that number. So you said, Do you think Wes Carter will score 35? And I said, No. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. We were right the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It was never in doubt at all. And you're right, though. I think the most important point here to make is the confidence, the guts, the courage of the coaching staff to be down a point with how much time left? Less than three minutes? takes guts. It yes. takes courage. This is our whole season on the line right here on one play. But you're right. It kind of felt like Wes Carter was, if you go to overtime, this thing was going to be tough to win because they really kind of had it rolling offensively. Mm-hmm. So to put Cam Hergut out there and say, this is this is it. This is your, your whole four years basically coming down to this one play here for you to be a legend. Mm-hmm. And the clip is so great because – he goes out of the screen. Yeah. If, like, if you haven't seen the clip, you just go to my Twitter account at Fox 19. It was bad photography. No, you do. It's it's great photography because it adds to the legend. The fact that like, I don't even know what happens once he goes out of the screen and all of a sudden he pops back in and fires the two point conversion to put them ahead. But that is the Heisman moment. That's the moment where you say, okay, if you're going to win the big trophy, the state championship trophy, maybe that's that other trophy comes with it. Mr. Football. So his numbers are now outrageous. Over three thousand yards, thirty-eight touchdowns this year. The numbers are what they, we thought they could be if he got enough games, and he's getting this kind of time and this deep into the playoffs to put up these kinds of numbers. And you see, Noel Rash even talks about it. And, and Noel, you know, Noel will always talk about his guys, but for him to call his quarterback the best player in the state, you know, coaches typically don't like to outwardly say that about their players. They might think that. But a lot of times they don't like to outwardly say that because sometimes it can come across as, you know, you're just kind of stumping for your guy. But he said he's yet to see anybody in the state better than his guy. I think that's a great thing for a coach to say, especially leading in a state championship week, to put it out there like, I believe in my guy that much. And you saw how much they believe in him and the fact that they went for it on the two-point conversion. So here's Beachwood now, kind of where we thought they would be. I thought they would be in the state championship game. I thought all year long they would be. I wasn't sure it would be as close as it was against West Carter, but it was. But they got there, and they're here now, and they have a guy who should win Mr. Football, I believe, and now a chance to have a really, really great matchup in the state championship game, which we'll talk about. Here's my
0: interview with Coach Noel Rash from Beachwood. Beachwood football coach Noel Rash, whose Tigers are off to the 2A state finals this week after a 35 35- 34 victory at west carter on friday coach congrats on the win and thanks for being on
2: yeah pro thank you for i mean you starting this thing up and recognizing high school players is awesome um i've heard nothing but great things about this program and what you guys do and anytime you can give accolades to kids at this time in their life i'm a big fan and, and you do it as good as anybody well i appreciate
0: that so let me ask you this you and I have been um, doing this a really long time, you know, games like Friday. While they may make us old, they never get old in that final moment when you watch the kids band together. What was that like for you to see the kids come together and pull that out?
2: Well, I mean, right, you, you get in the coaching and sometimes you get caught up in the wins and losses. And, and uh, what, you, what happens in games like that is something that you can be on the Forbes 500 and you can't buy it. I don't care how mm-hmm. how rich you are, you can't buy what 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 happened and what happens in those kind of games for kids. It cost them all to what happened Friday night, so it's extremely special. Yeah. Um even though we get caught up in the wins and losses sometimes. Ultimately that experience I had a kid absolutely just break down in full cry mode when we went into victory formation and said this was the greatest moment in his life Mm -hmm. and you you know to witness that to be a part of that to help that happen to be a small part of it but to certainly help that happen that's it reminds you it reminds you that's why we do it
0: yeah that's why we do it
2: right i mean it's it's incredible and even though i spent a lot of time being pretty intense and chewing a lot of hiney (laughs) um i'm lucky because i got a staff that we constantly remind ourselves that that's why we do this thing.
0: Yeah, Nice night for receivers on Friday night, which obviously goes to show you that the front line giving Cam time to get throws going on. There's a player who I've really enjoyed watching this season, and that's Liam McCormick. He played a critical role Friday night. Liam had three monster catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Will you talk about his improvement throughout this season?
2: Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to his, to his dad. It text or, yeah, he texted me, and then he called me about Liam was thinking about not playing basketball, and you know, getting in the weight room and really dedicating himself. And his dad said, "Will you please talk to him?" And I, you know, and that's the kind of relationship we have here at Beachwood. Is um, so I said, I just said, Liam, listen, you're playing basketball. You don't get a choice. You're. Gonna, I said, I love that you want to lift weights and do all that, but what Liam did was, yeah, he played basketball. Uh, you know, it's sophomore year going into his junior year, sure. But, but he also constantly committed to when he had some downtime, um, to making sure that he was ready to go for this football season. And the number one thing he did, pro, was, was improve his speed and his, his, uh, um, his agility and it was it's made all the difference in the world. We really liked him in JV football last year. I thought he had great uh aware field awareness. Some guys really struggle with field awareness and Liam's one of those guys that has you know it's innate in him. So it, it, what he did in the all season was incredible. We got, you know, with the covid stuff and how crazy it was, by the time we got to some consistency of having our team together, it was like he's the, he's got to be the Z He's six three. He's, he can flat fly. Yep. Um, and he has a sense, as you could tell, we throw the ball high to him. He has a great awareness of high pointing the ball mm-hmm. and that stuff. You'd love to sit there and pat yourself on the back as a coach, but that all comes from him, you know, probably playing a lot of catch with his dad. Uh, and that we benefit from that, but his all season work ethic was incredible and, um, you know that, and we're benefiting from that. But his speed development was the, you know, about, you know, long answer to that. But his speed development was probably the number one thing that has made him. You know, you could argue elite.
0: There's another player, real quick, before uh-huh. we move on. To you know, earlier in the game when um, the momentum had shifted over there, they had an long side kick, and you know it was misplayed by a player, and they got the ball, and it led to a score. Instead of letting that defeating him. You know, he had a third down sack in which I think might have been the biggest defensive play of the year for Beachwood that forced them into a fourth and 23 situation at the very end of the game. Um, you know, it's Tanner Jackson. How, is that not how we coach kids? You, you make a mistake, yeah. play the next play, do not let it defeat you.
2: Yeah, next play. And, and, and you know, Tanner's a big boy. He can handle the fact that he didn't he didn't handle the onside kick. He did everything right. He just didn't make the play. Yeah. He attacked the football. He came up. He's got tremendous hands. He's got great hands. Mm -hmm. And you know the ball didn't bounce his way. So there was no butt chewing. There's no. You know, kids physically don't make a play. That's to me. That's uh, pardon me, but that's asinine. Mm -hmm. You know, when you make mental errors or effort errors, you're going to hear from me. There wasn't a word said to him. I just told him, do it again. If we get it, do the same thing in the next situation. And you know, he's he comes from great stock. His his family's awesome, and you know, thank God he came our way this year. And um, you know, he's God blessed him with a body, and uh, we ran a little stunt there in that third down play, and he made it happen. And uh, um, you know, again, like you said, Fro, that's special when you you don't let a one play to feature in a game like that. If you do, we wouldn't be talking today.
0: Agreed. You know, Cam Herget now has just over 2,300 passing yards for the year, and he's literally just under 1,000 rushing yards and 38 touchdowns. You know, there's a lot of talk, and, and and you've said enough through your interviews and that about that. You know, the only thing I'm going to ask you is this. Is there anyone else in this state that's more important to his team than that player?
2: Well, you know, I wish I could answer that intelligently. I know one thing. He's vital to us uh and it, it, it's his playmaking, obviously, is vital to But it's the way he prepares himself, the intensity that he has in practice, the standard that he carries for himself—that's pro. Is is you could argue more important because of the, the infection that it spreads to other players. You know, you you you've I've had players from year to year that were infectious the wrong way. <laughs> this guy does stuff on uh, during. A week that nobody sees. Yes. And, you know, we get kind of used to it because of the way he carries himself and the kind of plays he makes in practice. But at the end of the day, it's the attitude of highly competitive. Uh, everybody made a big point about the two-point play. We made that decision much earlier. And the reason you can make that decision with such clarity is because you're snapping the ball to him yeah and he looked at us and said if it breaks down i will make it happen mm-hmm. and, and the i statement is don't worry he, he meant we and he but he i'll I get, get it, it done yeah, i get it i'll get it done and uh you know i didn't even hear him say that i didn't need to hear him say that i was like uh that's kind of redundant to we already know you're gonna <laughs> yeah. you know so it's uh you know, it's that, the way he carries himself, bro. You, you know, people think, ah, oh, he's just great. He's just talented. Well, yeah, he's that, but he has worked. To, I mean, the, the amount of extra hours he puts in with Tony Bike over the last three seasons, uh, I mean, it's – and then playing basketball, I don't know how he finds time to, you know, to, to eat. So um, he's he's special. He's extremely special.
0: So you're just getting into LCA for this week in the finals. Just real quick, and you know, it's a thirty-second version of what you're looking forward to this week uh, against this matchup.
2: What we always the thing that we sit, uh, center around commitment, sacrifice, and brotherhood. Going out and playing hard for each other. Um, you know, if we don't get the two-point conversion Friday night, uh, does that really make us a different team or whatever? You know, our kids have played their tail off. They're special. They need to realize they're special. LCA is an incredible team. They got speed. They've got they they're well coached. But our guys are fast too. And I think our staff does as good as a job as anybody. So we just have to believe in what we do and how we do things and and go out and play with great confidence. That's going to be the number one thing for us to get to, to take on this monumental task. Coach, couldn't say any
0: better right there, brother. Wishing you much luck and health this week. Bring home that big trophy. Uh, I hope that everybody in North Kentucky will be rooting for you guys to represent down there. So.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, and like I said at the beginning of the show, what you guys do is awesome, and thank you very much.
0: Paintsville, 21, Newport Catholic, 7. Newcath got on the board first with a 46-yard touchdown pass from Malachi Hernan to Joey Runyon with about a minute left in the first quarter. But unfortunately for the Breds, that would be their only score of the day. Paintsville running back Harris Phelps rushed for 200 yards on 27 carries, scored all three tiger touchdowns with runs of 30 36 and 12 malachi herndon was 9 of 17 for 124 yards which included the touchdown pass to runyon joey ran the ball 14 times for 45 yards and had four catches for 61 yards quentin meyer had four catches for 54 yards buddy atkins had a 19 yard pass to herndon on some trickery here Uh, buddy also had four carries for only seven yards and a nine yard catch It looks like the defense played well in this one, especially the seniors who no doubt were looking to extend their season. Jack Green, Buddy Atkins, and Joey Runyon each had seven tackles. Mickey DuPont had six. Don Morgan had five. Herndon had four and a half. Justin Schneider and Luke Runyon each had four. Buddy Atkins also had an interception on Friday. Newport Catholic junior Quentin Gilliam left the game early in the first quarter due to a knee injury on which he was rolled up on. No doubt the Brads missed him Friday, but our thoughts and prayers go out to Quentin. Hopefully some good news will come from this MRI and He can get back to work as soon as possible. Newcath will finish the season at 8-3. They will lose 12 seniors from this team, and there are some serious shoes to fill in their place. As always, we wish them luck as they move on from this adventure into their next. The big question for me coming into
1: this game, could Newcath be competitive in the run game against Paintsville? And we've seen all year long that's how Newcath moves the ball. It's how they score touchdowns. It's how they score points and win games. When the final result is Newcath... Finishes only 39 yards rushing. Paintsville finishes with 350 yards. That's the difference in the game, and it's actually pretty amazing that the scoreboard showed 21-7, given that disparity in the run game between the two teams. But you talk about Newcastle scored on the you know in the first quarter and was right there, and it looked like they were going to be competitive the whole game, and they were. The final six possessions resulted in. Three punts, a fumble, a turnover on downs, and a missed field goal. Those are the missed chances, you know, when you had the ball there uh, to make some plays. But to me, the the overall big-picture look at Newcath is, to me, it feels like Newcath is back. You know, they hadn't won a regional championship since 2015. Last season, they made it to the regional championship game and won 10 games. This year, with a shortened schedule, they still won eight games and made it to the state semifinals. So it feels like the Newcath football program is back where it should be playing games late in the season, playing games in December. That's just kind of what they do. That's what I always expect of them, and it kind of feels like that is back. Now, you mentioned 12 seniors, and you read all some of these names they mm-hmm. lose, and you're yes. talking about Ackerson, Atkins, Herndon, Rundon, Quinton Meyer, Jack Green. Those are the most important players on their team, but this is about the program now. You know, When Cath has always had the program that just reloads and continues to compete every single season, that's the challenge now. Of taking this senior class, who took them back to the state semifinals, of elevating the program again back to the point where that again becomes the norm,
0: that's the standard for Newport Central Catholic football. Bowling Green, 20, Covenant Catholic, nothing. CuffCath's season ends at home on Friday in a game that was unfortunately marred by turnovers. It was also the first time CuffCath was held scoreless since September fifth, two 2014, in a game at Moeller. I almost couldn't believe that when I saw it. Six years. Unbelievable. While their defense played with the Purples, outside of the 72-yard first-quarter touchdown from Bowling Green quarterback Connor Cooper, Covcath limited their passing game to only 59 yards for the game and then 188 yards rushing for the remainder of the game outside of that 72-yard run. The other two Bowling Green touchdowns were set up by interceptions that gave them field positions at the 5 and the 17. Luke Stegman led all Colonel defenders with 12 tackles, including a tackle for loss and a sack. Trevor Wilson had five tackles, three for loss and two sacks. Rob Samphis, Sam France, Ben Dickhouse also had five tackles. Aiden Jones and Adam Holtz each had four. Owen Nally had a first half interception of Cooper, and Ryan Schneider recovered a fumble caused by Adam Holtz offensively for the Colonels. A really tough night for senior quarterback Caleb Jacob. Tough to see him go out this way. You know, he was 16 of 37 for 107 yards, but through five interceptions. Um, he also rushed. 15 times for 50 yards. Owen Nally had four carries for 26 yards, and also three catches for 30 yards. Ryan Schneider ran for 13 yards, but also had six catches for 39 yards. Zion Mason had five catches for 26 yards, and Ethan Reardon finishes with two catches for 12 yards. Cuff-Cath ends the season at 10 and 2 and will graduate 27 seniors. You think about those 27 seniors and what they've been through in this program and all the, the stuff that they've been able to accomplish in that time. It's pretty incredible. Um, Joe I'll let you give more of a breakdown since you were there you know I I worried that the and we talked about this last week I worried that the 14-day break between games would be hard for them to maintain their groove Uh, again tough way for the seniors to go out it really seemed like they had a hard time getting on track early as I was getting updates from the game I really wish they could have not had to go through that break
1: okay so the seniors and I'm glad you mentioned the senior group because let's start with Caleb Jacob and and the entire senior class of course they're going to remember this game for a long time because it's the last game they played in a high school football uniform. But you think about their three-year run, these from their sophomore, junior, senior year, 39-3 and as a group. Caleb Jacob, 39-3 and as a starting quarterback. Um, That's that's the number I hope he carries with him going forward uh, for the rest of his life when he thinks back to his high school experience. The fact that he won nearly 40 high school football games Mm -hmm. in three seasons. And if they would have played a normal full length season he would have won 40 plus so that's a massive number for a high school football player to leave with i I think the most important takeaway from this game is bowling green was the better team i think bowling green was the better team um not on paper um but also throughout the entire season uh they just their their defense this was their fourth shutout that defense was was wild They, they were impressive uh, I said during the show they had a 99 Madden rating on defense because they just had every level had somebody who could make a play. Defensive line had a playmaker. Linebackers had playmakers. And their secondary was, boy, the ball skills of these kids. in the secondary was was really something to watch.
0: That diving catch on that interception
1: on the final quarter was incredible. Yeah, Dylan right? Eccles, what a player. Three interceptions for that guy. I mean, he looked like a, a college player on a field with high school football players. He looked that different out there on the field. but you know, you talk about the Cuffcatat defense, they, they were competitive. The, the Cuffcatat defense to me looked like they played winning football. They, they were put inside their own 20 twice and turned away Bowling Green by creating turnovers themselves. And they kept Cuffcath in the game, although it never really felt like Cvcath was going to be able to sustain a drive against that Bowling Green defense to really threaten in this game. The hope was, keep it close hit a big play, and then maybe you get a big break and a turnover, and then you can pop another touchdown in and win that game 14-13 after they were down 13-0 at half. It didn't happen. And you know the hard thing is for, for Cubcats is that they've created the, this monster of expectation the last couple of years by making three consecutive state championship games. And I was walking out to head back to the station as the game was winding down, and a parent stopped me. And he said, you know, I, I think people need to leave this game and realize it's mid-December kids are still playing football and they made it to the state semifinals. And that's, that's a hell of a year. Yes, it really is a hell of a year, but at the same time, it's also a disappointing finish because of what this senior group had experienced. All they've known is going to the state championship game. That's all they've known. Their first three years of high school was that CovCat would play in the state championship. So not to make it, I'm sure they're disappointed, but to walk away and say, man, we lost to a really good team. And Owensboro is the team Bowling Green's playing. I know they have a really good quarterback. I would have a hard time believing anybody is going to beat Bowling Green in Class 5A from what I saw. Mm -hmm. From what I saw from that team play, the defense, and then they have playmakers on offense. They're slippery on offense. They're elusive with the ball in their hand. They weren't explosive offensively except for the one big player their quarterback had. And I think that's a credit to Cubcast's defense, but I think Bowling Green looked to me like the best team I've seen. They're the best high school football team I've seen in Kentucky this year. I did not see Trinity play. I didn't get to see them play in person. So um, I think this is a hat tip to Bowling Green. The better team won, and it showed on the scoreboard. Uh, but Cubcast now, uh, the interesting
0: thing is you know, the quarterback situation, right? And before you go on, let me say this here. I just was adding these numbers up. In the three years that Caleb started, he's thrown for 74 74- Hundred yards, 74-32, and 71 touchdowns. That's incredible. Those are the numbers he needs to hang on to. Yeah. You know, the fact
1: that you had more than 7,000 passing yards, more than 70 touchdowns, nearly 40 wins, those are the numbers Caleb Jacob should carry with him Agreed. for the rest of his life. And, and I'm and sure Coach Eviston is saying the same thing. He is. And I'm sure... Caleb doesn't want to hear it right now. Agreed. You know, he's a competitor. A competitor yeah. yeah, so you don't want to hear that kind of thing. But the quarterback situation is is interesting now because we've seen what Eddie's done since he got to Covecath his first year. He started a sophomore quarterback, A.J. Mayer, and let him play for three years. And then when A.J. graduated, he started a sophomore quarterback mm-hmm. and kind of restarted the process there of getting that three-year starting quarterback um, idea going so now the question is who plays quarterback next year I, I don't know no, I don't either. know but you know the, there was some talk I heard after the game Friday night that apparently there's a freshman who was a really good quarterback that might have a chance next year to be a sophomore so could he restart that cycle again of of grooming these quarterbacks uh, to be three-year starters at Cubcat that that's kind of the question I'm sure with any high school football team is okay if we're going to start next year who's your quarterback and so that has to be the thing he figures out for next year. We've got
0: several teams that are losing Mm -hmm. great senior quarterbacks. And the same situation could be said for Beechwood, Rao. We'll see. But I I agree. I'm with you. 7,400 yards, state title, been to two state championship games, and then a semifinal. Look, there's nothing wrong with losing in a semifinal. There's not to the team all. they played against no.
1: that that team was That's excellent. A hell of a team they were excellent exactly. and they, they were a lot of fun to watch it was a clean game a very respectful game you know guys helping each other up off of the ground it was it was a lot of fun to watch that game that team was well coached Bowling Green was uh they came there hungry they'd never beaten Cuffcat before um but I was impressed with the demeanor the way they played the game played hard played clean um they were an impressive group to watch and I'll be looking forward to seeing how they play against Owensboro in the state championship. Mm -hmm. Because if there's a better team in Class 5A, (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing
0: it if Owensboro is that team, because I haven't seen it yet. To the state championship matchup, Beachwood versus Lexington Christian Friday, 3 o'clock at Kroger Field in Lexington. Joseph? Okay, I'm putting you on the spot here. Do you you know, is Lexington Christian ranked number
1: one in Class 2A? No, I don't know. I think that there's a... I believe they I are. I think yeah. so in the AP. Yeah, Jeremy's giving the thumbs yeah. up on that. I, I believe so. And look, every number, every metric about this team, as I looked at them last night, bears that out. They they look the part on paper, like a team who should be ranked number one in the state in their class because boy, their resume is really good. They're ten and one. They're undefeated in Class Two A. Their only loss is to Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. who really good made the state semifinals yeah. in Five A. So kind of like Covcath. Or excuse me, kind of like Beachwood who lost to Covcath. One of the two losses is to one of the best teams in 5A. Their only loss is to one of the best teams in 5A. Yeah, the AP poll was Lexington Christian, Mayfield, then Beachwood. Okay, so Lexington Christian I think has been up there pretty much the whole season.
0: Mm. Especially once they beat Somerset during the regular yep. season because they were kind of 1-2 and two in the same district and they had to beat them twice, the defending uh, 2A champs.
1: So I don't know who the high school basketball coach and the TV guy in Lexington are that are doing a podcast. <laughs> But if there's somebody down there doing a podcast, they're saying everything we're saying about Cam Hergett, about Lexington Christian's quarterback. Yeah, Drew Neves. Yeah, because he has, I looked at the numbers last night. This guy has more passing yards than Cam Hergett, has more passing touchdowns than Cam Hergett. Lexington Christian averages 35 points a game. They're a very high-scoring team. They give up more points than Beachwood. Beachwood gives up, on average, about 12 points. Lexington Christian gives up about 21 points. So everything on paper makes this look like We might have not just the two best teams in Class 2A. We might have the two best quarterbacks in the state. I don't know what Trinity has at quarterback. But on numbers alone and just buzz for Mr. Football, these two are right there. And we thought Cam Herget may have locked up Mr. Football last week. but now he's got to go play against another. Drew's a junior. Okay. So that's a senior award. Wow. He's only a junior? Yeah. So we can leave him out of that. Okay, so... But he still looks like a stud. <laughs> Mr. Football is yeah. taken care of. Yes. However, state championship now is, is the trophy, I'm sure, that Cam really wants. But mm-hmm. you're seeing here on the field two best quarterbacks, perhaps statistically, in the state of Kentucky facing each other. To me, this feels like high-scoring game. Yeah. It, it feels like a, a shootout between quarterbacks. It, it might start off slow. I've seen a lot of times in state championship games, a lot of nerves. Uh, guys start off slow. They don't play great. And then come second half... Boy, things start popping. I think we're gonna see a awesome football game in the state championship game on Friday afternoon. And I think that second half of this game, when these two quarterbacks really start to find their groove and really start putting it out there, I think you're gonna see a show from these two. And
0: Drew Needs is also the leading rusher. Kinda of like Cam. Yeah. He's the leading rusher. I mean, not Cam's- like I don't I wanna I don't wanna say it's similar because Cam's almost got a thousand yards rushing and Drew's got four hundred and three, you know. As looking at this, um, there's six six receivers with over a hundred yards receiving, yeah. including Mason Moore. The kids got 48 catches, 11 touchdowns, 935 yards. Xavier Brown, 41 catches. They've got a bunch of kids, so it's obvious that they're going to want to be able to spread the ball around. I will say this: West Carter, their quarterback, did a really good job of hitting the slant pass last week, which I'm sure that Coach Rash and the boys are not going to be caught looking on that again i mean that that's how they caught back in the game running the ball getting first downs and they hit this slant pass and and before you knew it touchdown or wide open so interesting to see how this is was a good matchup i think too
1: did you know hergert's top five in class 2a in rushing yards i did not <laughs> yeah he's fourth in the state in his class in rushing yards and he's the quarterback that's just how good of a year he's had uh you know beachwood's got the pedigree here right 14 state championships and it's funny too because you talk about these programs with all these state titles whether it's Highlands whether it's Beechwood pick whatever program you want all those numbers are awesome for the program but those numbers don't matter to these players they're trying to win their first sure. you know the, a lot of these kids are trying to win the first time they're ever going to you know playing a state championship game so yeah you can have that championship pedigree in your program. And I think that matters, but a lot of these kids will be playing in a state championship game for the first time because they Mm -hmm. didn't play there last year. So a lot of the guys who are now, you know, the playmakers on this team, the Brady Moores, the McCormick's, the Mitchell burgers, obviously cam Hergett, you know, some of these guys have never played on this stage. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react once they get to that big moment. Um, But to me, it just, it looks like an absolute showdown between two of the best statistical quarterbacks in the state two of the best quarterbacks, period, in the state, and and two offenses who can really, really score. And I think that's going to lead itself to a great state championship game. If you're looking for like, like opponents that they've had, so Lexington Christian beat Lexcath by a field goal, so they have that in them to step up and play a bigger school and beat them. You know, Lex Cath beat Cath. if we're looking around here, you'll know, buy a point that was kind of a coin flip game and you know, Cath and Beachwood played a close game. So what you're seeing is these these teams and this transitive property have all played each other a little bit and they were all close games. So that kind of again leads itself to thinking that when you point these put these two teams on the same field that it's very, very much a 50-50 game. Even though I think Lexington Christian deserves to be ranked number one of the state, I've felt all year Beachwood, when you put Cam Hergett on the field with anybody he's going to give you
0: a chance to win and i think you're going to see that on friday it's going to be i think it's going to be a fun yeah, game looking at these lexington christian defensive people too it looks like they're led by a young man named Matty liebrick he's got 121 tackles on the air, 10 tech 10 and a half tackles for loss five and a half sacks but they also got a kid with three and a half sacks six and a half sacks five and a half sacks seven and a half sacks four and a half sacks so they're getting pressure but you can score on them You know, you can
1: score them. They give up 21 points a game. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and obviously they're a lot like the teams up here, the smaller school programs that play bigger schools. So they're going to sometimes be, you know, exposed by size a little bit. You know, Frederick Douglass, I think, scored 40 points on them. Uh, You know, Lexington Catholic, I believe, scored 20-something on them. So, you know, they're stepping up and playing teams that are bigger classes, and are yep. some of the better teams in those classes. So that's going to lend itself to skewing your numbers a little bit. I'd be interested to see what their their numbers are just against Class 2A teams. I'm sure they're pretty impressive because you know, everything that says uh, Lexington Christian um, on their resume and their metrics says they are one of the best teams in the state. So, um, yeah, again, they can be scored on a little bit, and Beachwood can score and Lexington Christian can score, and Beachwood can be scored upon. We saw Wes Carter just put up 34 on him. Mm-hmm. So I I think it, it kind of lends itself here to have him. I'll say it again. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch these two quarterbacks go back and forth. What do you think the key is on Friday? Turnovers. To me, it's always turnovers. What did we talk about in the CuffCath game? Last yep. week, I said, you know, CuffCath's defense can play with this team. Um, can they move the ball? Can they take care of the ball? Yep. And here's the crazy number we didn't talk about with Bowling Green. Bowling Green in three playoff games has forced 20 turnovers. It's outrageous. Incredible. It's outrageous. Round one, six. Round two, eight. And then against Covcath, even when I'm sure Eddie said, look, look at these numbers. This team has forced 14 turnovers in two games. Take care of the ball. They're still that good enough to be able to force six more. Mm-hmm. So to me, in any big game like this, any big game like this, where you're going to have, you know, I'm sure both quarterbacks slinging that thing all over the field, can you do that can you make big plays, and can you do it without turning the football over? So whatever defense can rise up and make that one play, maybe that one or two important play uh, in a game where I'm sure there's going to be a lot of points, yeah. I think that's going to be the difference is what quarterback takes care of the ball and still is able to make the kind of plays he's used to making.
0: I think the Beachwood receiving core has been huge, especially Friday night. If they have a big night, then hmm. And look, there's seven dudes that have got interceptions for <coughs> Lexington and Christian. Mm. You know, they forced four turnovers the other night, two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Turnovers. <laughs> yeah. That's so a game changer. That's, that's it. That's it. And the hard thing is,
1: is for a coach, I'm sure to tell his guy to go be yourself. Yeah. Because you have to be yourself. You have to be the you know, a guy like Cam Herget, who's always looking to make a big play. Um, and I love that trait about any quarterback. But at the same time, you have to go be yourself. Um, I get that. And you, but you can't turn it over. That, that's the hard thing. That, that's where you just have to trust a senior to be a senior and,
0: and do I'm sure Uncle Greg will kind of right. lasso him in and say, listen, this is the game plan. This is the point of attack.
1: But do you want to lasso? That's the thing. No, do maybe do, maybe do
0: you want to lasso or do you want to cut
1: him loose and He's say, a say be yourself? Yeah. Yes. Sometimes you just got to let the third red loose. I, I agree. I say go be yourself, man.
0: Yeah. Cut it loose. Final thought, Joe?
1: I wanted to talk about Malachi Herndon a little bit. Yeah. Newport Central Catholic quarterback. Um, I'm not sure if how many people listening to this saw the story on Malachi that we did leading up to the the state semifinal game. Um, He lost his father to cancer several years back. His dad was a huge influence on his life. Uh, He was a youth football coach in the Dixie Raiders football program, which I grew up in. Um, So I kind of had just a a small connection there. Um, Obviously a huge influence on Malachi's life. And Malachi, I didn't, unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to anybody on his team, would write notes um, to his dad or would put a picture of his father in his thigh pad on Friday nights. And whenever he had a bad moment or a play or something, he would hit it and remind himself why he's playing, who he's playing for. And to me, we've had so many conversations on this show about the importance of high school kids playing sports. And, you know, we've kind of reset here in, in the year of the pandemic of, of understanding what this is all about and why it's important for, for kids to play sports. It, you know, the, the whole mental health thing. This is the exact reason why, is for, for a young man like this to have that kind of outlet and to have that kind of connection with his father. His, his dad was a big football guy, he always groomed Malachi to be the quarterback. Malachi became the quarterback, and he went on to. His senior year, lead his team to the state semifinal game, and and that's that's a memory he'll take with him for the yep. rest of his life. That if we said, okay, let's we we got to shut it down. You know, I understand the health of of everybody is is of importance here, of utmost importance, but. This is life. That, that's life. What we saw, what Malachi Herndon did, is what life is all about, is, is creating those kinds of moments. And if we just shut everything down and didn't do this and, and go through everything that coaches are going through right now, especially high school basketball coaches getting ready for high school basketball season, all the things you got to do to make this happen, that's why you do it. Yep. That makes it worth it. For him to have that kind of experience have that kind of memory and have that kind of moment with his dad that he wouldn't have had otherwise like if you took that away from him he would have never have had the chance to do everything his father wanted him to do on a football field groomed him his entire childhood to be the quarterback and he got to the point where his senior year i'm sure he made his father proud i'm sure i know he made his coach proud i know he made his teammates proud mm-hmm. and uh, you know i'm sure he made his father proud as well by getting out there and kind of fulfilling what they both had hoped for a long time. Is that tough doing stories like that with three young men at home? It is, yeah. It, it kind of makes you realize a little bit, um, you know, as my kids now are just getting started in, you know, sports that are competitive at like the AAU level, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of hoping and, and seeing where, they're, where, where it takes them and how much they enjoy it, that kind of thing. It, it, it's a bit of perspective, uh, wake up call, on just enjoying it and enjoying it with them. You know, it's, you know, when I go watch them play and that was the hardest thing for me, you know, doing what I do for a living, uh, you know, sports are my job. And people are like, oh man, you must miss, you know, covering sports when this whole thing happened in March. I'm like, I just miss watching my kids play. Yeah, You know, I, you know, the Reds, Bengals and all the, the local colleges, that'll come back at some point. But these kids my, – my kids only have so many opportunities at a young age to play the sports and do the things they love to do. I just miss watching them play. And, you know, it but, gives me so much
0: joy yeah. to watch them have fun doing that. And at then that you do stories like this, and it shines a light on some of the stuff that you do miss. Yeah. It's the important stuff. It's mm-hmm. the
1: important stuff. That, what what sports means at the high school level, because here we got Beachwood playing for trophies, Cam Hergitz playing for – uh, a couple of trophies here, and that's important, you know, and, and that'll be remembered for a long time at Beachwood. But what does each individual remember? Because each individual hits the field or hits the court with an individual story, a unique story about them, what they're playing for, how hard they work to get to this point. And I think those are the things that if you take it away from them, um, that's not complete. That's incomplete for the rest of their life. That That's something missing. Like my nephew, like my nephew at, plays baseball at Covenant Catholic, and he missed his junior season of baseball. And, you know, that, that's something, you know, he'll never get back. You know, and it's it's hard. You know, who knows what would have happened that season? Who, who knows, um, you know, what he could have accomplished. Um, and, you know, and he's one of a million stories. Sure. And he's just one of a million stories. But everybody's got their own unique story. Uh, obviously, Malachi has a very um, unique story in his own. And uh, I'm, I'm just so glad that he got a meaningful season for himself to look back on this 30, 40 years from now when he has kids and his kids are coming up. And and I'm sure the Herndon family uh, football gene will get passed down and uh, his kids will be playing high school football somewhere too. So uh, I'm glad he got the experience and I'm glad everybody who has their own unique story and whatever it is, got to have this fulfilled this year, because I think
0: that's important for mental health and it's important for the rest of their life. Agreed. And that's where I'm at too we got one week left in the fall of sports. I'm just glad we're to the point where we've made it to the end of that. And now we're getting ready to roll into a winter sports season, which I hope brings good fortune. I podcast yesterday. I talked to the those kids, and I told them that for a moment on Friday night, after that two-point conversion and the electric atmosphere, I felt, man, we're really at the end of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and happen. the whole thing is, Steve, it's worth it. Yeah.
1: You know? It, it was worth it. All, all the hard work. Yes. All, all yeah. the worrying everything that we talked about all season long of, of getting these guys a chance yes. we're here at the end. It was worth it and it is still worth it. It is still worth it for the high school basketball season to happen because everything we saw on the football field happens the mm-hmm. same way on a basketball court or going into spring sports. When you start talking about baseball, all of this is worth it. And I'm very, very grateful to the to people who put in a lot of time to make this happen because Everybody deserves a chance to play the sport they love to play because, and and all these kids put in so much work to get to this point. I mean, we're talking not just, you know, going to practice every single day. This is a long time. This is from, you know, starting eight years old of kids having a dream and working hard, being in the backyard, shooting hoops, or in the backyard throwing, you know, a baseball or football around with their father. To get to this point, it was worth it to me. And I think that's my big
0: takeaway from this football season. That's the semifinal show. One to go. And then there was one. What do you think? Let's have a, let's have a big reason to celebrate next week, I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, I've said
1: on this show I have an athlete crush on Cam Hergen, so I'm just
0: going to be here next week just uh, fawning over his trophies. Well, I sure hope so. I hope you're right. But in the meantime, have a safe week, have a healthy week, and we will see you then.